Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Hey guys, how are y'all? Yeah, good, dude. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I am I'm so excited to be here talking with you guys today about um, Hunted and, or Hounded, depending on where I, you are on the yeah. side of the pond. I'm still getting used to calling it Hunted because it's just been Hounded for so long for me that yeah. it's a slip of the tongue. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, and uh, we wouldn't necessarily on our side understand the connotation between hounded historically wise, fox hunts and stuff like that than we would hunted. So I really enjoy that. So I'm talking today with director Tommy Boulding, and I am also talking with the lovely Miss Hannah Trellin, um, and they are uh, part of this wonderful movie. And we've got writers, Ray Bogdanovich and Dean Lines. Bogdanovich, yeah. Bogdanovich, okay. See, okay. I, I was practicing wrong. That's good to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> starring Samantha Bond, Malachi Puller-Latchman, James Lance, Nick Moran, James Faulkner, Larry Lamb. Uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce this. Nobus Jr. No, I think it's Nobus, eh? Yeah. He always just called, he, we always just called him Jr., Oh, okay, so Junior and Ross Cole and Lewis Walwyn. Starting off, I read the most dangerous game in like seventh grade uh, English, which this is an adaption of that short story by Richard Connell, um, which he wrote in 1924, if I remember right. But there's been like six adaptions of the story in general. And I think this one is by far my favorite adaption ever done. So, and also... For those that don't know, the Hounds of Zaroff was the other, you know, nomenclature for that game, uh, for that uh, short story. Um, so, when this project was brought to you, was was it what was the thing that you know made you be like, yes, this is going to be my fe- my first future film, Tommy? Like, what what was it that spoke to you? Um, it, well, it was it it was, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a, a sort of a, an established trope or uh, like genre sort of um that we've seen before obviously we've had things like re- more recently i mean obviously uh, most dangerous game is an obvious one but obviously uh the hunt uh, came out and um don't breathe and things like that where the uh protagonists get the tables turned on them obviously exists as a genre but i thought this was just a really exciting way to like like a a really adventurous time as as crazy as that sounds like um, it felt like quite an adventure, even though obviously it's quite a harrowing film and it is a quote-unquote genre sort of thriller. Um, I just thought that it could be actually really adventurous and actually have something quite important to say. I mean, in, in Britain, we've got quite a... And I don't know what it's like in the States, but we've got quite an obvious disparity between the rich and the poor, and it's very much in the media spotlight at the moment. And actually, in the in the three years since this film sort of got greenlit to being made because of COVID, it's just got even more pronounced. So actually, it's become even more timely. Um, yeah, so, I mean, just from the minute I read that script, it was just like, this is really exciting. And I also don't think I've ever seen the, the fox hunting analogy done to quite this level that we've done it either. Right. And that's the thing that I really, I've, I've seen all of the adaptions because when I was in seventh grade and I read The Most Dangerous Game, it was just like, whoa, like, what did I just read? Because, you know, uh, Richard based that off of like the big theme of the time in America, which was 
uh, African safari hunts and the rich people paying for the heads of the thing. So that was the the basis of that. And so the fact that you were, you guys brought it to kind of like a more recent past with the fox hunts and stuff like that, I thought was a very great take on that. Um, so <laughs> Hannah Vix, um, I loved your character. Like, I, I'm part of my French. You were like a take no shit. Like, this is what's <laughs> happening, living in the real world kind of, you know, thing. Is that like what spoke to you about the character? Is that why you were like, yes, I'm doing this? Yeah. So um, for me, a lot of um, working class females are not really written with any um, intelligence or wit or backbone. And Vix for me was... She just had a spark, you know, the way that she was sort of the glue of the gang in that, um, yeah, they'd sort of fall apart without her. And uh, it was just nice that it wasn't, it was her character wasn't really anything to do with beauty or sex. She had a completely different narrative and that was really important for me. Yeah. And that's something that I really enjoyed about that character as far as everything's concerned. Because you're right, like in these kinds of genres, especially horror, uh, or thriller, women are generally not seen as like, you know, you've got the girl falling down or whatever yeah. trope that it's like, you don't see that part. So I really appreciated the character of Vix. Um, as far as all of that's concerned, you nailed her, you did a great job. And oh, I, I, I felt myself identifying with her because <clears throat> I'm a, I'm a strong yeah woman which can be kind of terrifying yeah. to people and yeah. so it was really good seeing that on the screen you did a great job doing that um oh, thanks you're welcome so i noticed this was like i'm a writer so i noticed these things so the foreshadowing with the live fox i realized who was in front in the seat when they see the fox i also mm -hmm. realized who sees the uh, stuff or the taxidermied fox in the glass case first because they walk in and see it first. And then I see the mm -hmm. live fox again when the, you know, there's that end scene right there. And I'm sitting here like, oh, I like this. This ties right <laughs> back into things. And it also, you know, plays into the hounded like uh, fox hunt thing. So was that something that you guys like strategically placed there thinking that maybe somebody will pick up on it or? Maybe yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and I mean that's credit. I mean that's credit to Ray and Dean in the writing because that that I mean in that first burglary where um, Chaz is sat in the van and and sort of witnesses the live fox, that that was in their very first uh, version of the script. So that was something uh, funny. Funny enough, when like when you're making when you get into the reality of making it, like. Uh, obviously, we've got lots of animals in this movie, but the the one where you go, do we really need it? How much time is it going to take to film it? All of this sort of stuff was that fox at the beginning. And <laughs> we had to fight to keep that fox in the beginning because for the exact reason that you picked up on, it is a foreshadowing. And it's just like those opening, I always find those opening images, those opening scenes of films, if they're done well, then yes, they they without saying anything at all, they are kind of letting you know where this is going to go. Um, so right. yeah, we did we did have to fight to keep that, and um, I actually think we got to a point where it had gone so far down the line, and we were almost running out of schedule. But then it was like, well, they've already booked, and we've already paid for them, so we're having the fox, whether or not we like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. I'm so glad that you guys fought for that because it's such a poignant moment. 
Also, I will notice because as a writer, I notice these small things. Vix, her name is Vix. Vixen being a female fox. You've got mm-hmm. Todd in there being a male fox. Yep. You've got Leon in there, who, which means lion, which goes back to the African safari of the original short story. And also a lion is the leader and Leon is the leader and is courageous and behaves as a leader. And then you have Charlie, which Charlie, the name means free man. So I want to say kudos to you guys, to the writers, to everybody for bringing all of those small little tidbits in. And this is why it makes it my favorite adaption is because it's not, there's so many layers to it. So you guys did an amazing job. I mean, it's um, amazing. That, it's amazing that you've spotted all of those things. That's great. Yeah, like, like you've <laughs> really paid it. You really paid attention. And to be fair, I can't take any credit for that because I didn't. Neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did, did a great, great job. job, Tommy. We did a great job. Yeah, <laughs> you all did a great job. The whole cast did. Everybody that was part of it. So, where was the location of for filming? Um, so we shot just north of London. Um, uh, in an area um, near St Albans, which is on the outskirts of London, um, and we found the the uh, the house, the manor house uh, is um, is an old manor house which was actually um, is rumored to be haunted. It's like an 11th century building which um, used to be the uh, the house of uh, the Lick- the wicked lady Ferris, which is actually there's a Faye Dunaway movie about. Um, and uh, she was she was a uh, highway woman from like the 17th century. So we, that was the house we found for that. And they obviously have quite a large amount of land. So we filmed quite a bit on their land. But then uh, within a within a uh, five mile proximity, we also got access to a 700 acre farm. And um, that that pretty much did everything else that we needed to do, with the exception of the river scene. Uh, which was a specific, uh, it's actually not a river, it's a closed body of water, it just looks like a river. Um, and uh, that was on a, that was just on a private country estate that we were able to hire. But yeah, all all, all based within 15 minutes of uh, unit base and all within like a 30 minute drive of central London. That's amazing. And see, that's the thing is like, I wouldn't have thought that you'd have been so close to London uh, based off of just everything. But the shots that you guys took, you know, the cinema photography was just stellar. Like you had those open spaces and fields where it it almost was Savannah like. And we we, we talked about it being a Western. Me and and Martina, the cinematographer, we talked about shooting it as if it was a Western because of um, obviously when you're looking at cinematic references with lots of horses in as well, then obviously you go to the Western genre. Like, um, but we always said like, this, this is about these, uh, these kids, quote unquote kids being fish out of waters and they're urban kids being dumped in the countryside. And it's like the, the, the countryside needed to feel intimidating. And in order to do that, we wanted it to feel vast and wide. And it, when you look at like the Sergio Leone and John Ford Westerns, they, the landscape is, is as like they 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 dwarf the characters, and and so that was always something that we were really really keen to sort of portray is just and actually and we like I don't know how much we stuck to it, but originally we had this vision that we would get closer to Chaz the further the film progressed because he would own his landscape like the further we got into it. I could tell I could I could really tell that the focus 
started being slowly and slowly and even the camera angles like things started getting more compact and you know the shots stopped being so wide and being more focused so that was that was well done um how fun was it for you hannah to throw out that drink your own piss meme line <laughs> yeah it, i mean there was a few you know there was a and i think i added a few extra rude words in really when we were filming but uh yeah that that part was particularly really fun because I don't know it's just like look because it was a bit with the compass isn't it where she's um I don't know it's just Vix's humor just really got me from like you know the would you would you cut a cake with that like a wedding cake with that with a knife and yeah it was just always it was she was just it was just a fun character to play really and because we were really there like you know in terms of sense memory you couldn't really get any closer to it we were literally running across fields and we were you know swimming through these disgusting rivers and you know but yeah we we had so much fun doing it you know and it was there was a few times when we had to sort of bring it back because um it, it would have been really easy to laugh at some of the bits but um yeah so what what was your favorite scene to film in it do you think? Um, so the film, the, the film, the scene for me was the one in the car with Malachi um, because Tommy was really generous with the amount of time that we got to prepare with that because it was so, like, we had to go somewhere really deep. Um, and I don't really remember much of it. It's kind of a bit of like, it was like a bit of a daze when we got out of the car, but me and Mally just um, developed this, rapport where we just had each other we just knew that we had each other's back so we could go there um so yeah that was definitely definitely my favorite because it was just yeah it's just one of them moments in your career where you're like that was a lot yeah well it looked emotionally and mentally exhausting on both of y'all's parts for that so kudos I mean I think that scene is probably one of my favorites just because it's like so close yet so far and then yeah. you got this like one moment where they're just like, like she knows, he knows, but he doesn't want to believe it, you know, and it was a very personal, intimate moment of the, of the film. Mm -hmm. So kudos and well done. Um, but uh, yeah. So when is this um, going to be releasing? I think, well, in the, in the UK, we're getting a 28th of October release. We've got a couple of uh, cinema screens and then, um, and, and, on digital platforms for rental and buying. I believe it's the same in America, but I would defer to Kim actually uh, to, to double check on that actually. Yeah. Um, and if people want to know more about Hunted, AKA Hounded, or they want to be able to find you guys on social media or anything, where would they go? Uh, well, I'm 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 on Twitter and I'm uh, just my name. It's Tommy Bolding, B-O-U-L-D-I-N-G. Um, and yeah, I tweet tweet occasional nonsense on there, but like, don't follow me. I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> that means follow him, guys. It's going to be a hell of a great time. <laughs> I love it. And my, mine's just my name as well. But on on Instagram, that's the only thing that I'm on because I try and I try not to be on it too much because I don't think it's very good for your head. No, I could see that. And um, so, hunted and hounded. You guys need to watch this. It's a must watch. I'd give it like a 10 out of 10. Uh, wow. Yeah, 
the Ebert and, you know, all of that double thumbs up kind of thing. Um, it's a fantastic adaption of a very treasured and loved uh, short story. Uh, thank you guys so much for talking with me. Thank you. Thank you. I was just, just going to say, we've got, um, I don't know if it comes out in the States, but we've actually got a Blu-ray limited edition version of The Most Dangerous Game coming out this week, which I've pre-ordered. And um, one of the guys who's wrote one of the essays in it emailed me and said, I've actually name dropped Hounded in the in the booklet notes. I was like, oh my yes, gosh. that's amazing. That's, that's so the cool. best thing ever. That's the best yeah. shout out ever you could ever have. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, you guys have a really great day and I appreciate you guys taking some time to speak with me. Thank you, Kara. Nice one. Thanks, Kara.